Hello guys, gals, and non-binary pals. I'm your host, Taylor, and this is Winnin' Forks, a weekly Twilight podcast where two 20-something lesbians ruin everything you love about the international best-selling series by Stephanie Meyer. Thanks for tuning in. Taylor, we're alive. We are alive. I'm still alive, but I'm barely breathing. Yep, yep. Again, stream the script whenever you finish listening to this podcast because they just hit different. Does, it really does. How are you doing? Oh, um, I'm doing fine. Started working on a short film that I'm writing, which is fun. Um, I got Twilight Mail recently. Yeah, I got a uh, Twilight Tarot cards that I pre-ordered and that they finally came in the mail. They're really cool. Um, and uh, again, just having an existential crisis and just wanting to drop everything and just use my flyer miles to move back to LA and just figure shit out when I get there because I am itching to be back. It's been like four years and I'm just over it. I'm over Michigan. I think it's also because of the weather here right now. <laughs> But yeah, well, as, a, as a current Los Angeles resident, um, I would not be opposed. So maybe you will soon have one in Forks coming at you live from the same room. That would be oh fun. my gosh, that would be funny. You did say I could crash on your couch. I don't know if I'll take you up on that. I think you should. I think we should uh, be a dynamic in-person duo. That would be wonderful. Yes, we could literally be like Maggie and Chris from Edward is a Vampire. our dreams truly our dreams i love them so much i would be here for that but yeah that's just basically what my week's been um how about you yeah same i'm trying to do you know a lot of creative projects working on a feature well a couple features in different stages of development yeah it's it's been exciting it's been good but i'm excited to to talk about this and dive into this. It's like a nice little break from everything where we can just talk about what we're so passionate about. Yes, which is Twilight. <laughs> oh my gosh. Speaking of also, uh, I hit over 2000 followers on my TikTok for Twilight. Oh so that's fun. Congratulations. I, I'm such a fan. I love all of, all of the beautiful art you curate for me on there. <laughs> I really just... <laughs> lose my mind and have like no chill on there but if we didn't have this podcast I would make even more videos of just me screaming but this is a nice outlet on there (laughs) Taylor Swift and Twilight crossover TikToks are what so so amazing to me they're my favorites yes they're my favorites too it's like I'm back in 2010 it's truly when speak now was at its peak and eclipse was coming out and she was dating taylor lautner who was my michigan homie life was good life was simpler yeah i also had a crush on him back then obviously uh, but as we all know i'm a lesbian so that just wasn't gonna work out uh, but it was a fun time it was a fun time oh my Absolutely. gosh so these chapters um so much happened but then like so much didn't happen which is just the basis of this series I would say yeah that's a great way to put it (laughs) that's a great way to put it yeah so chapter 17 and 18 were the chapters that we were doing 
And uh, for chapter 17, Billy comes to warn Charlie and the uh, about the Cullens, but comes to find Bella instead. And then the Cullens decide to play some baseball. And then chapter 18, basically they play the game. Some nomads hit the scene and shit goes down. Shit really starts to go down in 18. That's when, this is when the fun begins. Right. It's like, we've had 18, ch- we're almost done with the book. And <laughs> this is when shit starts to pop off. So true. It gets spicy. I just, while Billy like shows up to warn Charlie about the color and everything, and I get why he's doing it. I know it's technically not his business, but just the fact that Edward's just like so fucking rude about it. Like, oh, this is starting to get on my nerves. Shut up. What yeah, is wrong with you? He's not even coming to talk to you. And like Charlie is so far up Carlisle's ass because he's in love with him. Do you think he's going to listen to him anyway? Like, (laughs) Honestly, though. I thought also this chapter was really funny. We see it with Billy and with Edward. And it was obviously funnier when Billy did it. But Jacob was like so pushed to the side and was like, oh, poor little baby. It's like how Jacob was treated in this chapter. Because obviously we have Edward calling him like a kid, which was rude. But then I love the part where Billy, like, sends him to the car to look for a picture that, like, doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so yeah, funny. Yeah. And Jacob's just like, I feel like this picture doesn't exist, but I'm going to go look anyway. It <laughs> me up. No, and, but it's just, oh my gosh, it's just a whole fucking shit show. Like, ever says he'll be back so that Bella can introduce Charlie to her new boyfriend and again, he's never officially asked. So I don't think we're ever going to get it. Um, uh, but I'm just like, why? First of all, why are you demanding that? Um, I think she should be the one to be like, hey, do you want to meet my dad? Like, uh, what? What is, I just didn't understand that at all. Like, she's obviously uncomfortable with him meeting him, which she shouldn't be, but she should be at the same time because he's a, fucking vampire and he it did want to one that decides it it should be on her turn when she that you know, too exactly that. like shut up you asshole like that's for her to determine like not you what the fuck like but i just i cannot believe we're on chapter 18 they've been doing all this bullshit and mr fucking 1918 still doesn't want to uh, formally ask her to be his girlfriend but like okay sure seriously yes and then billy tries to like warn bella about the cullen saying that they have a bad reputation from those on the reservation <laughs> and i just love how your note is uh end game quote from reputation as it should be big reputation Ooh, you and me we got big reputation ah. no i love that and this is ugh. I, we all know that I am team Bella for life, but this is where she does that white girl thing and she cherry picks things by saying that that reputation isn't warranted since they haven't been to the reservation. And it's like, baby, that's not the point. Like, are we just going to completely just like disregard everything? Like, of course, she's not going to remember anything that Jacob said that wasn't solely focused on the Cullens and them being vampires because you know 
she only wanted the information that she wanted but it's like baby there's a history there um right like it doesn't it's very much giving me like my ancestors own slaves I don't own slaves you still reap the benefits of the privilege and the reservation are still having repercussions because of the Cullen's actions and those like them right and she not only does she not have the perspective of like their experience she's been here for like maybe eight weeks they've been here for like eight decades so like seriously why are you trying to like say that you know more because you read like a book like you did a google search like come on Bella like use your brain right and then she like tries to make him feel like he's not as aware of the danger as she is it just makes me want to slap her a little bit it's like Bella please stay in your lane like so upsetting because Bella has such like good sassy energy in this scene but it's like why don't you channel that to someone who's not Billy Black like channel that towards Edward or someone else because I love the line where he was like it's none of my business but I don't think it's such a great idea and she goes you're right it is none of your business like I thought that was such a mic drop moment but like it's not the appropriate time to channel that energy nor the appropriate person to channel it towards right it's like he's your dad's bestie like he's gonna want to look out for you like just the fact that she feels like she needs to come on the defensive for someone she just met as opposed to like Billy who's known her and her family for her entire life and has only shown her like love and like acceptance it's so weird I hate it when people do that like no matter if they're dating or not it's like I'm sorry but just Edward has not given you that much reason to put your full-on trust in him like I know he like saved her life and like has made his declarations and shit but like he literally said that he could kill you at any moment he's literally like like what like it just uh I I just don't like that she did that I was like Bella please please you're yeah. really embarrassing me right now <laughs> I yeah <laughs> you're really embarrassing me bestie um but I agree and it's like I said, like, the scene is so fun to watch Bella actually go toe-to-toe with someone, but it's just, like, why did it have to be Billy? Because I also like the line where he's, like, well, Bella, tell Charlie that we stopped by, I mean, like, you know what he's hinting towards, which I loved, like, it was such a fun matchup, but, like, I just wish it would have been in a different context with where it was warranted, you know? Yeah, it's, like, she's always going, like, toe-to-toe with the people who have her best like interest at heart and it's like she's a teenager so it's like I get it but at the same time it's like girl like again especially when it's like the people of color like I just I can't stand it I'm like Bella please stop doing the white girl thing like please stop I need you to just not you know like oh my god and then when she is left alone to get ready for the game she mentions how easy it is for her to be terrified now that she's out of Jasper and Edward's influence and I'm just like okay that should tell you all that you need to know and this is kind of I feel just one of the not pins in why I don't think she and Edward work out as well as we're made to believe because it's like she's under all of these like influences and feels like she has to be on guard all the time and like the fact that Jasper like obviously behind the scenes is like calming her nerves without her really noticing that he's doing it just so that she like it's very it's very like 
de uh what is the word i can't even think of the word but it's like it's like they're breaking down her barriers for like a bigger thing kind of like kind of like trapping your prey i guess even though they're not doing that yeah it feels manipulative i think right it's like that's kind of what i got like i know that they're not intentionally doing that like obviously but just the fact that she says that it's easy for her to be terrified now it's like they're like desensitizing her and numbing her to her natural like fear responses and like the fact that she recognizes that and still doesn't think that that's like an issue concerns me like this is exactly what Edward has been warning you about that like he has this influence and this power over you like vampires have this way of going about trapping their prey and that's how they've been able to like do away with people for so long and it's like she now is like smack dab in the middle of it and she's like oh it's fine girl (laughs) I don't know that it is I think that maybe the fact that you're fine with that is a little little sketch little sketch right I'm just like okay all right all right Bella I do want to talk about her new outfit that she changes into though yes because I just want to say khaki skirt to a flannel is an upgrade is a glow up and it's gay behavior I'm sorry flannels are inherently homosexual and so we love the fact that she's changing into a blood shirt I do I do that very much it's giving it's very much giving me gay behavior your honor me too what an upgrade from the khaki skirt to that is me coming out of the closet Please tell me you have a khaki skirt and please tell me you have a picture of yourself in said khaki skirt. Oh, I definitely own khaki shirts, khaki skirts when I was like in elementary school. Here's the thing, I'm not really a flannel person, which is like, I mean, revoke my card, I guess, but I just, I mean, flannel doesn't really do much for, for me. I'm not really a flannel, but I'm like a combat boot. I mean, if that works. Yeah, no, I'm not that much of a flannel person. I know it was my uniform when I worked at a hotel, like just because it was like a like um was it a hotel so I just had to wear flannel shirts and I loved it but I also like Bella whatever when when she has her Bella new moon look in the movies I would wear that all day it's just so cute it's just so cute um so then Jessica like called Bella out of the blue to tell her about the dance and Bella just kind of like writes her off which is rude like I get Again, I get that she's a teenager and that, like, you kind of, like, space out of your conversation sometimes. But, like, Bella is just, like, so rude, not even giving a shit, not paying attention. She's just thinking of when she can see Edward again. And she even mentions that, like, oh, you know, Jessica reminded me of the real world again. And it's like, yeah, you mean the real world where people actually want to get to know you and aren't, like, completely, like, ostracizing you from the world and, like actually want to like talk to you about normal human things wow yes this is reality a reality you should definitely be a part of and I feel like again this fandom gives Jessica so much fucking bullshit because it's like she called her out of the blue to like check in on her and see what she's doing and to just like tell her about what happened at the dance since she missed it and everybody's like, well, you know, Jessica is so mean, blah, 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 because she thought, like, superficial things about her once in a while. Like, who hasn't done that? Like, it's it's annoying. Like, yeah. this was a really friend moment. And, like, Bella's just, like, writing it off. Yeah, I did think it was kind of funny that 
Bella was like, oh, I kind of forgot she existed because I'm going to be honest, I did too because we haven't heard her in so long. <laughs> no, we have not seen her in so long. Yeah. Like, I get it. Like, I truly get it. But it's just so funny. I'm like, Bella, why? Stop being so rude. Oh my God. It's like, not time to talk about the best part of this chapter. Well, that's a lie. Baseball's the best. But second best, our Charlie scene. Like, yes. It was gold in, in this chapter, especially. Um, it's so funny that Bella's so uncomfortable telling him because it's just such a good, like, father-daughter thing. Like, I think that that's true just for, like, in general. So I love that they're just, like, falling into that, you know, normal relationship. Uh, Bella, like, looking at him was so funny in this chapter because her, like, observations cracked me up and it appeared Charlie was having an aneurysm. <laughs> and then he goes, you said you weren't interested in any of the boys in town and she goes well he doesn't live in town and I was like that is such a good way around that I thought it was so funny it is funny but it's like he doesn't live in town but he does live in town like his he goes to Fort High. like girl like why would you say that? <laughs> and then Charlie calling Edward Edwin is it's so funny cool. because you know what I loved it we love a good like intentionally <laughs> calling him the wrong name moment yes because it's it's warranted at least for me yeah. um and I just want to know why they have this big ass jeep for like she just talks about the parent like a huge paragraph about it and it's like I get it I love talking about jeeps because I'm a jeep person like I want one so bad like I want a jeep wrangler like so bad you have no idea but like it's all decked out and big and huge and it's like why why like it just draws so much more attention by the way that Bella describes it and like I just I can't it's just they don't blend in at all I just want to know how they're keeping up this game it just doesn't make any sense at all it's so funny to me it's so funny to me and then Bella gets like anxious and uneasy from having been dragged up a mountain previously and of course Edward doing his Edward thing doesn't seem to really care much and he starts talking about how he needs to like tamper with her memory which is gross which is so gross and then he chapter. what he was so weird in this chapter like I, I like he's always weird but this chapter especially was just like so many red flags on the play like he, I don't know that he's ever been like grosser or more annoying to me than this chapter to be quite transparent with you right because it's like she's like I don't want to go on your back again and he's like oh well you know what I'm just gonna have to tamper with your memory what the fuck is wrong with you and then he does his like bullshit dazing thing again to try and make her like forget I'm putting up air quotes so that she's that she's anxious instead of just like talking her through it and being like hey like I understand. I, I know that you're pretty anxious about it. Maybe I, we do half and half. Like, we, like, but no, he's just like, oh, let me just charm you and just like make you forget why you're anxious because that, that helps. That's not scary at all. This is the first time she's like, yo, I kind of want to leave. I kind of don't want to like do this. And he's like, oh, chill out. Like you're overreacting. Where every chapter before this, he's harping on. We've talked about this oh, you're going to get scared. You're going to want to leave. You're going to figure out something that makes you not want to be with me anymore. Well, she finally has. And you're like, it's fine. Calm down. We'll get through it. Like, pick a lane. Like, 
it doesn't make sense you're going back on what you've what you said like for 18 chapters he like kisses her and then like when she like gives into it or whatever he's like scolding her and be like oh my gosh you need to calm down like what am I gonna do with you and it's like dude I'm sorry I'm 18 chapters into this book and I don't see anything romantic about this couple at all I just I don't understand how anyone finds them cute I'm really sorry I'm it's giving me nothing like I I guess I could understand it from like a middle school perspective or like a high school perspective like when we were reading it but like even then I I still wasn't vibing it's just it's so weird he's (laughs) this was kind of funny though where he was like, where are you going? She's like, to watch the them play baseball. And he's like, you're going the wrong way. And then she turns around. I love like, yeah, like when they have like actual fights, it's so uncomfy, but their little tiffs are kind of funny. Like I loved that moment. I do really like that she finally, like let it be known that she was angry and like irritated with him because that's been building up. And I think, I think this is honestly one of like the first real times where she's done that. And I liked that she like was like, you're confusing, you're hot and cold. I don't know what you want. I don't understand what you're trying to like, you know, want me to do. And I I really liked that moment and thought it was like, it's about time. <laughs> but it never lasts. It's always for like two seconds. And I feel like it's because Stephanie Meyer wants us to like, like wants to establish that these moments do happen but then it's completely glossed over and it's like okay well they didn't really happen you're just kind of showcasing that they can happen but nothing productive ever gets done right it's like you might as well just kept it out because it actually had no bearing on the future of this relationship Um, but you know what let's get into something more fun and that is the iconic baseball scene Supermassive Black Hole is playing in the background of my mind. I am thriving. I'm living for this. Um, I love how we have the Alice, it's time to kick it off because it's such an iconic line. Yes. And I love that we have it here too. Um, I also love Emmett in this chapter. And it just shows like what a fun character he is and how just like good natured he is because he's already talking to Bella like they're BFFs, which is so cute and fun to me. And then we, of course, have Esme content, which you know I was living for. I was so happy for you. Uh, thank you so much. I ate all of the crumbs that were given to me, and I've, I've highlighted all of them as well. Um, that My notes are probably longer than the actual like amount of words she got in this chapter, but that's fine. Um, I'm going to take what I can get. First of all, I love that she like keeps enough distance from Bella, so Bella feels comfortable. I think that's really pure and really considerate, which we know that's what she's known for. I also think it's so hilarious that these people have been on Earth for hundreds of years, but they still get so angry at each other when they play baseball. Yes. <laughs> they have like a referee, and she just has to be like, chill out. Like this is not that deep. It's gonna be fine. It's baseball, you guys. Let's calm down. Um, and I also thought it was adorable that she just thinks of all of them like they're her kids and we love a found family trope. Like, it's just so cute. And everything that I want in a character and in the story, you know, mm-hmm. right there. I do want to say there are a couple qualms that I have though. And I'm going to point those out too. When we're talking about them like fighting and being angry when they're playing baseball, there's the line said, you'd think they were raised by a pack of wolves. And I just want to say, fuck you, Stephanie Meyer. That was not needed. 
that was a lot. I think it's, it's her doing that thing again where she's like, hee hee, I'm dropping little clues. And it's and like, like, shut up. And <laughs> like, enough, okay? And as we'll see, Esme does not hate the wolves. So you know what? Disney worked for this character, so shut Literally. up. Also, I know this was meant to be a compliment. I do, but I hated it. When Bella was like, oh, you sound like my mom. Don't you ever ask my colon to Renee again. You are sick for that. You are sick for that. And that's all I wanted to say. I That line got under my skin because no, Esme is much better. She is the Chanel. Renee is the Walmart. All right. All right. No, I just, it's just so crazy because we're at the age that Esme is now and it freaks me out. I hate it, but I love it. And it's just so crazy to think of like, being this age forever and having like five teenage children i don't terrifying it's very terrifying to me props to her though she just built different because i that makes me just want to break out in hives good for her though i (laughs) this is so not funny because it's a really serious topic but just the fact that she just kind of overshares and starts talking about how she died and how she like was trying to unalive herself is so uncomfortable but like so funny in its own way but it's yeah. like it's funny because she she wasn't phased by what she was saying but it's just uncomfortable because it was like oh yeah uh my baby died and I couldn't handle it and that's why I threw myself off the cliff you know it's no big deal and for me I'm like okay um I don't know what to say to that it was very much reminding me of that one scene in Friends where like there's an overshare and Phoebe is like oh okay um I don't really know how to talk to you and walks away because that is me and Bella was like oh like interesting Edward said that you just like fell and she's like oh he's a gentleman for saying that like her her just like calm demeanor when telling this like horribly horrific and traumatic story is like she is built different like that's just further proof she's built different yes I also just want to say I think it's rude they didn't let Bella play I think they should have let her play in like a little t-ball type situation like toss it really light let her hit let her catch something that you just tossed like wouldn't that have been so fun yes I think that would have been so fun it's just Bella like seeing like everybody run at super speed and it's like, how is this fun for her? <laughs> like her eyes just hurt, I feel. Cause they're going super fast. She can't see really anything. It's right. like, she's just kind of sitting there to sit. So like, she's just chatting it up with Asme. Right. And so they're having their fun. She's just sitting there on the sidelines. And then Alice has a vision of the nomads heading their way. And then this is the first time we hear Emmett speak and in true fashion, he's like looking for a fight. I respect it, Timbo King. And I just, I just don't know why they were like, put your hair down. Like, I have always wondered that. Like, <laughs> if it was, if they still would have caught her set either way. Maybe it wouldn't have been that strong had her hair been up. How? How does that make a difference? Right. I'm like, is it because vampires don't have ponytails? I don't know. Like, they just don't even sound right. Mm-mm. And then I also thought it was interesting that the line that Rose says in the movie is originally said by Alice. And I'm like, I wrote that down too, because it's fascinating because it's such, 
a rose i guess it, when alice delivered it, it delivers it in the book it's a very different tone than rosalie says it in the movie but i also thought that was really fascinating that oh they can smell her from across the field that's crazy right i'm like if they can smell you from across the field her putting her hair down just made no sense it just worsened the situation and if you could smell her from across the field then they should have already known that she was a fucking human what is what does stephanie Meyer write she writes one sentence at a time that's what i'm starting to believe because none of this tracks well like she sees the line that she wrote yesterday she's like oh alice had a vision okay what is the vision of (laughs) and then she's like okay that's my line for the day (laughs) the tiktok where that guy is reading one sentence of this book a day what it's, I'll, I'll send it to you. I forget what the name of him, but he is reading one Twilight sentence a day. He's never going to finish. Yeah, I mean, it'll take him a while, but he- It's going to take him some years. And he, like, analyzes it after. He's like, okay, we learned more about Bella's truck today. That's very interesting. <laughs> no, I want to see this. This sounds so funny. It's hilarious. But yeah, no, this is kind of where the chapter ends, and it's so- uneventful i just don't understand why we couldn't have combined these two chapters but that's just me whatever we needed an entire baseball chapter like that's valid because that's just objectively the best scene in the whole series is is vampire baseball yeah and so it's said in chapter 18 that the nomads james victoria and laurent all looked like they walked as cats and then she says, I could see how they were different from the Cullens. And it's like, girl, like, you just got done saying how the Cullens move like animals. So like, again, one sentence a day. I don't think she remembers anything that she writes. And you know what? That might be one, the one thing that I, I have in common with Stephanie Mars that when I write something down, I don't remember it at all. It's but so like, uh, it's just like the inconsistencies. It's not even over a long period of time. It's literally three pages we're gonna have an inconsistency um I also just really wanted to point out so we could all throw up collectively um is that when she's describing I think it's Laurent it could be James he was hard muscled but nothing next to Edward's brawn (laughs) shut the fuck up I hate it here plus you literally describe Edward as like this lanky dude who's like a Timothy Chalamet type dude like what brawn yeah (laughs) Apparently they were dressed as like backpackers and were primarily barefoot. Okay. That's interesting. I um, love when they say, oh, like it's chill. We're not planning to hunt here. We just ate outside of Seattle because it makes it sound like they just like stopped at a McDonald's drive through and they're like, yeah, we grabbed a snack in Seattle. Like, I think it's, the wording of that is just so funny to me because they straight up murdered people and ate them. And yeah, like, no. So we stopped. Don't worry about it. We grabbed a snack outside of Seattle it's like they really are like just on a little road trip stopping at the local Mickey D's no dead ass it's really funny and then Carlisle said that there are no vampires in the region besides them and then the family that is the closest to them is in Denali and it takes me back to when Edward said that there aren't many vampires in the world and again, that just completely reaffirms the theory that I talked about that people have been saying how the Cullens and the Denali's represent like 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 Mormons and how like the nomads and those that drink blood, like human blood, are said to be like Christians. Yeah. Like 
it's so like it's it's we're digging an even deeper hole like it's just all like a metaphor for that and I'm like okay interesting interesting because it's like how are there not many vampires in the world like that doesn't make any sense which just going off a little tangent real quick if there are not many vampires in the world then why does it matter if people know that vampires exist Mm, I don't know maybe because it makes them more like vulnerable but like if they if nothing can kill a vampire besides fire and being ripped apart then they don't have anything to be afraid of like if there's not many of them in the world who cares if people like found out like just the whole rules of it all just doesn't make sense to me like no one can know or else you get killed by the Volturi like who cares (laughs) like if there's not many vampires in the world what why are we why are we having all the hoopla it's very interesting to me we'll discuss it further on but I just thought about that I was like that doesn't make any sense um so then shit starts hitting the fan because James gets a whip of Bella sent and then begins to become obsessed with hunting her and so the weirdest grossest reaction which is them like giving her the silent treatment essentially and like pinning her to the seat they're driving like hundreds of miles an hour Bella's like trying to ask questions no one's answering her questions Emmett's holding her down and I know like he doesn't want to but like it's so gross I hate it no I hate it too because it's like first of all when the fuck was Edward in charge like it's like this happens I've noticed this just in terms of the series in general I know I'm kind of getting ahead of myself because we're talking specifically about these chapters but if I could expand for a moment I'm using that word for the day expand for a moment um Edward seems to always be calling the shots and it's like are okay are you the leader of this coven or is Carlisle because it's like why is Carlisle going off of what you want why is the family uprooting their lives for you why are like it's like so much enabling for him and I feel like that's why he thinks he's in charge of everything because everybody accommodates that and then like when you have people like Rosalie who doesn't subscribe to that behavior, she's seen as being difficult or a bitch. Like I, it's very interesting to me because it's like, why is Edward leading this charge? Is it because Bella is his quote unquote girlfriend, even though he's never asked her to be his girlfriend? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I feel like I'm just rambling. No, I agree. And I think it's annoying because there was a line I liked in this chapter that was like, Alice says something with like um, a hint of authority or something and it's like yeah let's listen to her like she has more objectivity she also like can read the future and I know that his you know mind reading is also valuable but like I honestly feel like Alice is like a good person to be in charge of the situation because she cares enough about Bella that she's going to put her best interest in mind but she's like far enough removed that she's like not gonna have everything blinded like Edward is so it's like I think we should put Alice in charge and that's that on that exactly like women leading the charge like what the fuck like Edward it was your idea to bring her the fuck up here like that's the thing is like he'll get her into these situations and then think that he needs to be the lead like honcho in the solutions that technically aren't even really solutions because all of his plans are shit true so true like no Uh, yeah no and it's so frustrating because he's like 
so angry at Bella for no reason. Like, he gets mad at her for, like, being tracked. And he says at the end of the chapter, not to skip ahead, but he goes, Bella, if you let anything happen to yourself, I'm holding you responsible. Like, huh? How is that fair? Right, it's like, bitch, you're the one who brought me here. <laughs> like, no, she, she can't help that he's tracking her. She can't help that she's in danger. Like, she didn't do anything wrong. No, and... But we do get some comedy in this whole transaction because Bella's just talking about how Charlie will call the FBI if she doesn't come home like on time. And it's like, girl, no, he won't. First, he's gonna go to the Cullens to see if Carlisle and them is there. And then if you he doesn't hear from you, maybe he'll call like the state police. That's what and I'm saying. The FBI. Like Charlie is a small rank sheriff. He does not have the FBI's number. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> Literally. Like, the oh, oh, absolutely not. Unless there's, like, a string of murders going on, the FBI is not picking up your call, baby. Like, it's not, I've watched enough Criminal Minds. I know what the fuck is up. Exactly. Like, that's not happening, babe. Uh, just the fact that Edward doesn't even care about Charlie is like fucked up and in my mind it's like no wonder Charlie never trusts me because it's always fuck Charlie I'm just gonna protect Bella or I'm just gonna you know do whatever but it's like then you wonder why Charlie doesn't like you yeah it's yeah like he was literally just like I don't care about your dad your dad can die okay but we but and this is who we want to be with okay it almost doesn't make sense because like I understand that he's putting Bella above everyone else like that part makes sense but like you have to realize that Bella cares so much about him that if she lost him or she hurts his feelings that's gonna affect her so like by association you should care about Charlie yeah but we've we've learned that he doesn't care about (laughs) what Bella thinks because she she makes it known and then he's like oh that doesn't go with what I want uh so we're gonna say no and then again Edward just has like no brains in this chapter because like all of his excuses as to why they need to leave can like easily be worked through and it makes like no sense at all because he's like oh well the tracker's just gonna wait until you're alone then don't leave her alone do you sleep no oh he's gonna come and get her okay there's two of them and six of you for real and it's what he, and I'm like, okay, maybe it's his anxiety. So like, I can, I can understand that. But at the same time, dude, you're fucking over a hundred years old and like, you're a vampire. I think you're fine. Right. Like, like all of his like isms are just so weird. And I'm like, dude, all of this can be avoided. Like you can literally take him down. I don't understand what the the hoopla is. And then Bella thinks of a plan and Edward just automatically dismisses it again as if he's in charge. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Bella's yeah, smarter than you. I, that's that's I, embarrassing. I agree. I do. I do like that, you know, as shitty as Edward was being, Emmett's really stepped up to the plate. Not that he was never not at the plate, but he's so great in this chapter. Like, I love him being so protective. Yes. He is like, thinking things through like I know he's not known for being the brains of the operation but he like he had good ideas to contribute and he was just very loyal which I love like he's like don't even worry about it, Edward he's now matched for us he's not gonna be able to touch her and Edward's like well he's gonna wait like he's never gonna leave her alone and he goes I can wait too and I was like yes Emmett like we love that literally and then 
the plan also just doesn't make any sense like Bella had like Bella had the right idea again it's like she's a little confused but she's got the spirit but it's like the plan doesn't really make sense for her anyway because one she's 17 so he could literally be like you're not going anywhere two like if she says that she wants to go back to fucking Arizona and drive um how is he not gonna call Renee and like let her know like your parents have to talk to each other (laughs) here's my question so they're not in Arizona anymore though right they're in Jacksonville yeah so why is she gonna yeah Charlie I'm going back to Arizona with mom and she's gonna be like well your mom ain't in Arizona she's in Jacksonville is that what you mean like I don't get how this is making sense no literally I think it's because it wasn't permanent like they were still like he's still on the road so they haven't like sold the house yet or anything so it's like it's still their house they're just kind of like traveling but okay, still it's like, <laughs> I don't get it like it doesn't make any sense yeah because it's not he's not permanent on whatever team I don't know fucking sports but I just know that he's not permanent on that team yet like he's just like trying it out because he travels so it's like their house is still their house. Gotcha. It's, it's still just, dumb. It's yeah, no, it's just she's not there right now. So it's like, you're going to go home to be alone? Okay. The whole reverse psychology thing is like so funny. It's like, well, we should go where I'm saying I'm going because he's going to think that I'm not going where I'm saying that I'm going. It's just like, okay, you guys are really overthinking this like a lot. Right. Which- like, just take care of him. I don't understand why they had to do this. Like, again, but I think it's because, again, like, she doesn't want to, like, touch her precious Cullens, but it's like, your plans are shit. We could have gotten this taken care of in, like, two chapters. Right. One, if we're being, if we're, if we're getting straight to the fucking point, (laughs) because, like, this is so unnecessary. He's one person. He's not as strong as Emmett. He can't see the future like Alice. He can't read minds like Edward. So what can he really do? Right. So true. Uh, I did want to point out one of the funniest lines in this chapter. And I forget who even said it, but it was to one of the colons. And it was, what are you going to do in Phoenix? And they replied, standors. (laughs) I thought that was such a funny line. I fucking love it. And then Edward, like, begs Bella to do things his way just this once and it pisses me off because it's like um we've been doing things your way the entire time like yeah. should we bring up the car facts should we bring up the instances in the 18 chapters of which Pull we've out. done things your way each yeah. time no kidding um ugh, but you know you know she's going to and you know it's gonna have to uh, involve breaking Charlie's heart which I'm not ready I'm not ready for it no it's oh like she didn't even have to do that I hated it so we're gonna have to dive into it next week too but I'm already upset <laughs> uh, I just I fucking hate it so it, just in all in all it was just a whole bunch of hoopla um in just chapters ball. that should have been one chapter but we like the baseball though yes I didn't understand it I kind of zoned out but I was like baseball sports yeah American things are happening athletes. We're almost done with this book, Taylor. Thank God. What an accomplishment. But I just, I'm so happy, but I'm also so sad because 
we obviously are gonna be done and then we're gonna watch the movie but then we have to go to midnight sun yay i'm excited i've never read it so i'm excited yeah no i haven't read it either <laughs> but I've read, I've read the first four chapters and don't remember a thing except that i hated it and i think there's there's gonna be more esme so that's what i care about at the end of the day that's that is true i'm glad it's for you more like rose and alice too so that's like that's something yeah we're gonna get more collins which i'm interested in and we're gonna see a lot more bella I just I don't want to be in Edward Cullen's head I just don't it's very uncomfortable for me and we are gonna have to do it think about the think about the pros there's a couple positives they they don't outweigh the cons (laughs) I I don't know we'll see (laughs) so are we ready for the twilight fun fact of the week it's a bit of a long one but let's do it okay so Vampires don't develop emotionally or mentally past the age they were transformed. A transformed child would remain childlike forever, unable to mature in any aspect. The child would continue to show childish behavior such as tantrums, impulsive acts, irresponsible activities, and a general lack of caution. One facet of the unchanging nature of vampires is that they mate for life. Once they fall in love, that feeling never fades. The bond between mates is the strongest bonding force there is between vampires. And another facet of a vampire's unchanging nature is their vengeful nature. They are not forgiving and do not move past an insult or injury. One example of their vengeful nature is the aftermath of losing a mate. When a vampire loses a mate, they never recover from it. The vampire won't rest until the party responsible for their mate's death is destroyed. Their need for vengeance can last for centuries. So, while this is interesting, it just completely contradicted itself like five million times. I don't know if you noticed that. (laughs) But this is from the uh, illustrated guide. Um, Because it's like, it says that when they fall in love, that feeling never fades. That's developing emotionally. (laughs) Like, so how does that work because falling in love is something that doesn't just like you aren't given that so i'm like okay and then it talks about how a facet of a vampire's unchanging nature is the vengeful nature they're not forgiving and they don't move past an insult or injury now again skipping ahead a little bit we know the very very big um rivalry between a certain two guys in this book series who end up being pretty much buddy buddy at the end of the series so that's not correct what yeah that's a good point that's a very good point edward and jacob end up putting aside their differences once they're not fighting over bella anymore so that's not true You're right. You're poking all the right holes in this theory. I just love it. So when I read that and I was like, none of this works. <laughs> but it's just, again, one sentence a day, I feel. Unfortunately, we don't have a Seikud or Stephanie segment for this week, but... We'll be back next week. I'm, I'm, I'm searching for the perfect one to really knock you on your, off your feet. Taylor's taking really good care of this segment because she appreciates it so much and I appreciate the dedication so I just know that for next week it's going to be amazing and we'll see if I know Rachel's fan fiction like I think I do that's it for this episode 
Uh, we'll see you next week. And remember, when in Forks, it's Edwin, not Edward. Period. Period. <laughs>